Do the Dallas Cowboys have the best cornerback duo in the NFL going into the 2023 season? All that more this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. We are previewing the Cowboys cornerback position going into the 2023 season. And Landon, let's start with this. Do the Dallas Cowboys have the best cornerback duo in Trevon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore going into the season? I certainly think they have uh, every right to be in the conversation. Um, you know, I, I think Gilmore and, 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 you know, Diggs. it's funny as we've kind of gone through the off season, we've kind of talked about strengths and weaknesses of this defense. I've really struggled to kind of see where I place these two guys. You know, I think, I think we, 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 we see, uh, I mean, in, as individuals, right? Like, because I see Gilmore kind of as, you know, reaching the end of his career, but still playing at an extremely high level. Uh, and then Diggs kind of ascending to that, you know, level of, 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 of accelerated play after obviously an incredible season two years ago on interceptions. I think he actually played better football last season, despite not having clearly the same interception total, just his, his floor was a lot higher. Um, so I, I think when you, when you compare them separately, it's, it's tough to compare, but I think when you add them together and you discuss, you know, as a duo, uh, there's only a couple other groups out there that I think have similarly talented guys. And, and, and I think specifically in the, in the situation where you have a guy that you don't necessarily want to throw out at Gilmore, um, but, but you have someone who's uh, exceptionally dangerous as the, as the alternate uh, person to throw at, you know, in, in digs. Like I, I think the fact that you're going to have to be forced to throw at digs or Gilmore uh, is going to leave the you know quarterbacks with a lot of poor options and, ultimately come down to who, who else might be covered and if, if uh, the nickelback can play up to the same level as the guys on the outside. There's some really good duos in the league with James Bradbury and Darius Slay or Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey. But I'm not sure there's a duo that fits better than Gilmore yeah. and Diggs, right? Like Diggs, I mean, we know he's, I think, the best ball hawk in the league, and that's why he can have an 11 interception season. And then you have Gilmore who is just, super savvy mr consistent you know what you're getting you know kind of every single game on every single play together it's like okay who if you're an opposing quarterback do i target the guy that could be you know take it to the house on any play on a pick six or do i target the other guy who i know is going to be covered you know really really well i man i i don't want to get too optimistic here because you know, I like to be the, the wet blanket here a little bit, but it's hard yeah. not to be really excited yeah. about this pairing. Well, I mean, yeah. And I, and I think that, you know, what I think I was kind of struggling to say before is that I think the thing that you could really, you know, that really accentuates the situation is that Diggs was someone previously that, 
you know, could be worked around. I mean, it was annoying that you didn't want to throw his side, but you could always go to another spot of the field or, or you could, you know, try to move around your, your best receiver. And, and up until last year when he did do a little bit of traveling, but he really mostly stayed kind of onto his side and, and, and teams could actually kind of work around it a little bit. But now that you've got another guy on the opposite side, like you have two bad choices, you know? And, and mm-hmm. so uh, I think it's really going to accentuate what Diggs does best, which is, you know, playing the football at a high level of targeting. Like when he was being thrown at a lot, uh, he got more opportunities to get his hands on the football. I think teams just decided not to throw th- throw his way and, and see what the Cowboys had at other corners. That's not an option anymore. So uh, it, it could make Diggs uh, even more dangerous yeah. than than like he was last year, despite you know being you know a, a, a better player than he was the year previous to that. You and I are both very optimistic that this pairing is going to work out, you know, fantastically for the Cowboys. But if it doesn't, where where could they be exposed? What's the downside to the Gilmore Diggs pairing? Well, I mean, again, like I think that Diggs is still can still be a variance player. So uh, if if they're breaking on everything and, and you just see them getting burnt, or if if Gilmore's uh, loses a step uh, in the off season for some reason due to injury or whatever, that's my fear. Uh, it's like whenever you're talking about corners that get over the age of thirty, and I think yeah. he's thirty two, thirty three now, like it can happen fast. I think that's my biggest concern is because I I actually, I don't worry about digs. Like I think for the most part, we kind of know what digs is. Yeah, totally. Um, But it's just, when does that kind of cliff happen for Gilmore? Yeah. And the Cowboys have insulated themselves a little bit with some of the depth they have in the roster. You hope, I mean, they, they need to see some of these down roster guys kind of take a step. Uh, We'll talk about obviously, you know, bland as well, but I, I do think that, you know, they've set themselves up for a situation where, I don't feel like they expect to have uh, Gilmore much longer than this year and next year. Um, and, and, and so. yeah, and I think that, 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 that this all is pointing towards, hey, Gilmore is a very nice, very, you know, plus plus replacement, but we're also going to be setting up the guys for the future once once he's gone. Well, and it feels like the last couple of years when Gilmore's played, he's been the number one cornerback for the mm-hmm. Patriots, for Carolina, for Indianapolis. Now, the idea is you're kind of shifting him into a number two role. I know it doesn't really work that way. You have two starting cornerbacks. Whether yeah. you call them a one or a two doesn't really matter. But he's probably going to see more safety help this year than maybe ever before. Or he'll just see easier assignments. Maybe he's the guy that's going to be going up against the number two receivers. And it's going to be digs with safety help. I just think this is a very advantageous spot for Gilmore. Even if he happens yeah. to lose a step. I don't think he's going to be on an island as much as he's used to being. His job's easier. You know, his yeah. job is a lot easier this year than it was last few years because he's not being asked to do as much to be the hero of the defense. You know, they're just, yeah. And like you said, his assignments are going to be more straight. Well, not more straightforward, but maybe easier to execute because he's going to have right? help. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they're not asking him to be on an island, you know, by himself against the best receiver for 60 snaps a game. Like they'll, they'll mix it up. They'll he'll get opportunities to go, you know, play the wide receiver too, or get some safety help. So uh, yeah, I, I do think that, you know, there is, there is the concern that, you know, an older corner is going to fall off the cliff, but you're right. A lot of that is mitigated by the fact that the assignments that he's being asked to execute are, are yeah. much easier for him. The last thing on this duo before we move on, I'm not ruling out the possibility that we haven't seen Trayvon Diggs' best football yet because you, you've sure. got to remember, he's only played, you know, he's going into year four of his NFL career. He was only a cornerback in college yeah. for, 
a year and a half, right? Because he would play wide receiver earlier. His third year in the NFL, third year with the, you know, actually this would be a fourth year in the NFL, third year with the same defensive coordinator. Now he's got a veteran that can really help him. You know, I, for the, I mean, Diggs was kind of, you know, with him and Anthony Brown, one of the two veterans in this, you know, cornerback room last year. Maybe mm-hmm. we just see a 5% better Trayvon Diggs this year. And if that's the case, the secondary is going to be absolutely awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's certainly possible. We saw him play better, better overall football last year. So, uh, and, I, and I think you just laid it out. He, he d- doesn't have a ton of experience playing corner. He's still learning a lot of it. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that there's still room to grow there. Uh, and I also think that the teams are going to be forced to kind of have to face digs in a way that they didn't have to absolutely. last year. And, and that's going to give him more opportunities for him to do what he does best. And that's go get the football while it's in the air. So if Trayvon Diggs is playing on the outside and Stephon Gilmore is playing on the outside, who's playing in the slot for the Dallas Cowboys? We get to that next. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to post a job. You just you put it up, you add your job, and then you add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. We are previewing the cornerback position for the Dallas Cowboys going into the 2023 season. We know Stephon Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs are starting on the outside. But Landon, who's going to start in the slot for the Cowboys this year? Well, I mean, uh, not to steal from the great Babe Laufenberg, but who's available to play? Because I think that's going to be a a huge part of this, right? I I think the big question, obviously, is, is what is the short term and I guess long term being this season and the health of Jordan Lewis, right? And 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 his uh Liz Frank injury that I'm pretty sure that he he's dealing mm-hmm. with right now. So uh it's it's a terrible injury. I think we've we've dealt with it with a lot of former Cowboys that just kind of never came back uh, playing the same at, at similar type positions. Um so the question is, is how bad is Jordan Lewis's and how much is it going to limit him? Uh, because if he's available and healthy, I think there's a, con- a nice little competition between him and Deron Bland. I think potentially with the idea that that they'll probably share the role, and then you know as the season goes on, I wouldn't be surprised if Bland kind of exclusively took that a little bit. But I also think that there is something you know to the idea that maybe they want Lewis to come back healthy because they would like to get Bland on track to be ready to play on the outside as the eventual successor for Stephon Gilmore. So. Um, and I think that that's part of the reason that you're going to see and you have seen Kelvin Joseph in the slot and an and opportunity for him to kind of make a move there. And, and frankly, uh, I, I hope that he kind of is put he I hope that he develops himself to the point where he is putting himself into this conversation, because I think he has a, a natural skill set for this. I think it's a good fit. 
Um, but I, I think we have we have to learn to trust the guy, and, and, and that's that's been an issue for for his kind of up and down consistency. So, um, you know, I just threw out three names, and that doesn't even include uh, you know all the safeties that are going to eventually play there. Curse, oh, we'll, we'll get there. The Don't I didn't forget. Well, about I'm those sure guys. we'll talk about that. So, but I mean, I guess the point is, is that <laughs> there's going to be a lot of names thrown here. So, I think at the end of the day, a lot of people will end up playing in the slot. I can just envision people listening to this podcast right now or on YouTube and thinking, okay, why not just play Deron Bland there? He had five interceptions as a rookie. He's the future. It's clear that he can play. He kind of saved the season last year. Why even mess around trying to use Calvin Joseph and Israel Makamo and Jordan Lewis? Why not just stick Bland on the field and let him go because he's a playmaker? I I think the answer to that is – because you may want him for more than just the slot role, you know, you may want him to, to develop some outside skills as, as well. And, and, and because like I just mentioned before, when we were talking about Gilmore, they don't know how, they don't know when the wheels are going to fall off on Gilmore. And, and beyond that too, like what happens if there's just an injury, you know, who's the, who's the first person on the outside that you want playing on the outside. I want it to be Deron Bland because Deron Bland's the best corner to play. So yeah. I, I, I think that they need to get Deron Bland ready to be uh, to play in the slot, absolutely. But they also need to be kind of splitting his slot, his, his his snaps up a little bit outside too because if someone gets hurt, if if either Gilmore or Diggs is off the field, I, I want Deron Bland as the guy out there re- replacing him. Uh, the question I had to ask at the beginning of the segment is who's playing in the slot? And the answer might just be who's playing in the slot the opponent right because if you're mm-hmm. playing somebody that's playing one of these power slots the six foot three 220 pound slot guy you i mean jordan lewis is not a big guy right deron yeah. bland has some size kelvin joseph has some size he's not particularly long but that maybe that's where you want to israel makamu playing in yeah. the slot right somebody who's a little bit bigger longer more athletic but if you're playing or they play the jets in week two what if it's randall cobb yeah, that's a situation where I might actually want Jordan Lewis. You get somebody who's a little bit more of a veteran that kind of knows some of the crafty stuff in there. Savvy I think it, I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, it might just depend on what the slot receiver looks like on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think that is that is the true answer. I mean, it, it, if the question is who's going to be playing the slot, the answer is a lot of folks, uh, including Micah Parsons at times. I like I said, several safeties will play there. Uh, I bet other linebackers will kind of step out and, and cover folks in the slot. So I think if, if you're asking who the third corner is, who the nickel corner is on most sit downs, I, I think that we're going to find out in, in a battle and it will likely be, you know, one of Jordan Lewis or Deron Bland, or potentially if, you know, things go really crazy, uh, Kelvin Joseph. So we know that Diggs, Gilmore and Bland are all locks to make the roster after those top three, it can get a little wild, right? Because they have Nation Wright. There is Calvin Joseph. There's Jordan Lewis. Do you think there is a spot on the roster for both Jordan Lewis and Calvin Joseph? If those guys are basically going to be slot only players, I think it helps. Certainly helps Calvin Joseph that he is, you know, a a huge special teams player. So I think, you know, if given the choice between the two and 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 they're playing similarly at at, at slot, then I think there's a good chance that Jordan Lewis and his, you know, whatever two million. I can't remember what this what is five cap million. Hit is. It's five, five million. million. Sorry, five million dollar cap hit likely goes out goes out the window, or they they trade him to somebody, right? Um, I, I think that, you know, 
there's going to be a lot of changes in the kind of special teams room. So in, if they find a way to kind of have some other kind of players at unexpected spots, play some special teams, maybe they could fit both of those guys in. But I, 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 I have a hard time believing that, you know, if they're going to keep an Eric Scott, if they're going to, you know, keep some of these other guys that they've kind of, you know, picked up along the ways or that they're still trying to work out with. Or, you know, with the or they, if they just call Israel Makamo a corner, right? Because yeah. we're going to talk about safety later this week. We know that they're, they're top three safeties, Malik Hooker, Donovan Wilson, J. Ron Cursor on the team. They really like uh, Mark Bell, who was on the roster all year last year. And obviously yeah. Makamo is going to make it. Are they going to keep five safeties or – do they go a little bit longer at safety, call Makamu a corner, and, you know, maybe that factors in this as well? I don't know. Yeah, or just, you know, whether they call him a corner or not, just that, like if he's going to be your, you know, fourth backup at slot or whatever, then maybe that eliminates the need for a Jordan Lewis as your third guy, right? Well, the way that I look at it is I think they're going to keep 10 defensive backs, right? So mm-hmm. if you go five safeties, call Makamu a safety, and you go five corners – it gets crowded really quickly after your top three. Again, that means Jordan Lewis, uh, Kelvin Joseph, Nation Wright, Eric Scott, Miles Brooks. Like, there's a lot of guys competing for two spots. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely gonna unless you're planning on like you know going short at linebacker. But then you know, like you're, you're talking about running out of running out into special teams problems unless unless you've got a plan there. So uh, you'll, I'm sure, we'll do entire podcasts on on uh on roster management and team building but i I do think it's a good question like jordan lewis is in kind of a precarious position because he needs to be he needs to be significantly better than than all the other nickel nickel backs i think in order to just dominate that like there just needs to be such a gap between him and every other slot corner on this team and and the fact is that that he's and that's why it's really not great news that he's still dealing with his injuries, you know, off in, yeah. in the offseason. I, mean, I don't think that's it's necessarily unexpected, but I do think it's it's it it makes this situation very difficult because you know he's he's not going to get necessarily a full opportunity, but you don't necessarily just want to cut him outright uh, without him giving him an opportunity uh, once he's healthy. So it, it, it is kind of a tough situation the Cowboys are going to have to navigate. Well, let's not forget uh, our guy C.J. Goodwin. Probably yeah. make the roster as well. I mean, they're going to call him a corner, but I mean, again, that's eleven defensive backs on a fifty-three man roster. That is a lot of players allocated at one position. Unless they, unless they aren't planning on keeping Goodwin, you know, unless they've decided that this. Oh, he'll be on the team. team. I, I, I like. I'm going to be like seventy-five years old doing this podcast, and CJ Goodwin is still <laughs> on this team. Yeah, one of these years, he's he's not going to make the team. It's got to happen. So I, I don't know necessarily. This is the year. It's it's the what do we say to the. To the god of death, death, is, not, death <laughs> tax, and CJ Goodwin. Yeah, CJ Goodwin just guaranteed. Uh, not, so just not today. Like that's what he says to the cut man. You know, every yeah, year it's like, yeah, uh, it's going to be fascinating. That cornerback position is going to be one of the most interesting battles because there are a couple deep sleepers that you should yeah. keep an eye on, and we'll talk about those guys next. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen every day. Every day, we are going to be off on Tuesday for the holiday. Lane and I will be back on Wednesday, though, talking about that safety position, which is going to be another really fascinating one to see how the Cowboys find different ways to get as many of these guys on the field at the same time. So be sure you tune in for that. But let's finish up with this, Landon. Is there a deep sleeper at the cornerback position that Cowboy fans should keep an eye on? 
I mean, look, it's it's hard not to say Eric Scott at this point. I mean, I, I don't even know that you're going to – I mean, he's a seventh-round pick or whatever it was, a sixth-round pick, uh, and 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 he still is hard to be called a sleeper because everybody's been talking about him, you know. Since. It feels very Deron Blandy right now, right? Yeah, it really does. And that's, I mean, obviously the name to to, to, to be right now, the hot name to be if you're a, a late-round uh, uh, Cowboys draft pick. So – uh, yeah, I mean, obviously he's a guy that they identified uh, and felt like you know they wanted a spe- you know a specific workout tape from him, um, and he has not let them down. You know, basically he hit the ground running with an attitude and a, a work ethic that they felt was notable, and they've pointed out. And, and, and seriously, almost every single person that you see interviewed uh, on the Cowboys organization on the defensive side of the ball is seem- seemingly has mentioned this kid. Um, and 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 he, it's reflected in 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 how he's practiced in the sense that he's been working with the first team and 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 all of those things that that usually come with with being a standout uh, out of nowhere, right? You you quickly get rewarded and then uh, you quickly you know either sink or swim there. So it sounds like he's kind of taken that all in uh, and shown that he belongs. And you know, so we're, now we're in wait and mo- see mode. Now we're where the, the drum beat has continued and, and we just hold off until we see uh, it, that kind of continues in training camp. It continues in Oxnard. If it does, uh, th- then you're, you're looking very much at a Deron Bland situation where maybe he comes in and he's part of this conversation. And, and, and someone like him is really what could make that whole conversation we had in our last segment, like come to fruition is like any of these sleeper guys who show any kind of prowess or ability to play, uh, especially if they can play some special teams, yes, yes. they're gonna fight. They're gonna they're gonna knock somebody, some veteran that is not playing special teams off this roster. And whether that's Jordan Lewis uh, through trade or through cut, uh, I don't know. But I, I think that that the quickest way for the, those kind of situations to kind of boil to a, get to a boiling point is to, is downward pressure coming up from someone that you didn't expect to make the roster uh, that has really shown out and shown you that they have a future. Uh, if you follow Eric Galco on Twitter, he is the director of the Shrine Game, which has yeah. recently moved to the Star. Uh, what it was out in Las Vegas last year, he's been talking about that the key thought that the Cowboys got the two best cornerbacks from the Shrine practices, Eric Scott Jr. and Miles Brooks, uh, a kid they signed as an undrafted free agent from La Tech. Uh, in this draft, and maybe we'll have to have Eric Galco on the summer to talk about yeah, some of those players, cool. but he thought both of those guys could easily make 53-man rosters this year. I think Scott has a great chance because you mentioned it, the special teams ability. Miles Brooks has never really played special teams, so that's yep. a little bit harder of a climb. But I won't be shocked at all if this is – man, what what year was it where the Cowboys got Chavarius Ward and Donovan Alumba in the same offseason? And obviously Ward has had a much better career, but those were two undrafted free agent guys stuck around in the league for a long time. Yeah, I think I think the thing that people forgot about the ward they they get mad because ward's gone, but I, it, it was very unusual to have two undrafted free agents of that quality. I mean, say what you want about Alumba, he got on, at least got on the field and played, you know, a couple of different seasons. So that's pretty it, rare. Different teams. In, uh, I, he was in Cleveland, yeah. I think, last year even. So like to find to find NFL quality corners without and having to draft is rare. It's crazy. So to find two of those guys, one team to have two of those guys was very, very crazy. And I'm sure it made the Cowboys decision making very difficult. And and it, be, it made it very difficult because of this exact situation, right? Like you don't necessarily account for on your roster, you know, kind of your preseason roster, you know, game day roster. I doubt you, you're just throwing things at the wall. You kind of yeah. have an idea of what you're going to get. 
but suddenly if this happens it's it's champagne problems but it's still a problem right like yeah. you you don't know exactly okay well who's the guy that we that we replace here and and, and i think Jordan Lewis, because of the injury, because of the money, because of the fact that he's not playing special teams, becomes the very easy guy to mark, earmark as the potential guy to kind of move on, move out, whether it be trade or through cut. But I also would submit that Jordan Lewis is also a very good football player, and 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 you know if he's healthy, is the best choice potentially to play uh, in that yeah. slot. So uh, I think it's 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 worth examining. And like I said, champagne problems are still problems for the Cowboys. I just think about how we were looking at this position last year, right? Kelvin Joseph came off in yeah, a, a rookie year where he didn't play, right? Nashawn Wright really didn't play at all. Those guys are way down the roster now. You were lying on Jordan Lewis. You had no idea about Deron Bland. Anthony Brown was one of your starting outside corners. And to have this kind of depth in competition where, I mean, there's a real chance that you have a second, third round pick not make your roster because yeah. – You've got just guys that are better behind them or ahead of them, right? So this cornerback spot is going to be the one in training camp in the preseason that I am so excited to see because I think we're going to get a good idea pretty quickly where everybody's going to slot in. This is why it's slot in. I like that. Uh, this is why we. Uh, this is why the Cowboys are such a good drafting team. Is is that it's not just that they're good at drafting, but they're good at insulating themselves if their draft picks don't hit. They 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 scout all these guys very well. And so they get these opportunities to get these, you know, late round undrafted free agents who actually contribute to the team so that, hey, oh, it, it's not a big deal that your uh, second round corner isn't playing at a second round corner expected level right now because you got a six round guy from Fresno Fre- was able to step in and play exactly. very high level in playoff games last year. So uh, I, I think that, you know, the, the, that kind of tradition will continue. And if, if, if Joseph doesn't step up, he's another guy that likely, you know, could get bumped off the roster, especially if someone like Eric Scott comes in sure. and shows that he can play on the outside. That would allow you the opportunity to have more bland inside, and that might spell the end for both Lewis and Joseph. The Cowboys are they do a pretty good job of throwing numbers at really important positions where yeah. you need depth, right? Like they the amount of talent that they've kind of just stacked up at this cornerback position is really like incredible, layered, right? It's like yeah. you, you spend high oh, round yeah. pick, you spend like a mid round and then you get some well, undrafted free agents and just lots of opportunities. Right. And that's the advantage of bringing in, whether you want to call Stefan Gilmore, a star at this stage of yeah. his career, a pro bowl level player is it just yeah. knocks everybody down a little bit. And now they can fill in roles that they're more suited to play. Right. Deron Bland as the number three, outside corner is perfect right now now maybe next year he'll be ready to take the number two job maybe he's ready this year but you you're not necessarily relying on him to do that which is absolutely and maybe and maybe you will maybe you will by the end of the year when gilmore gets hurt you need him and then guess what you've got that guy to step in and play at that high level and 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 that's you know again it's a long season so you've got to have more than just the starters on this team If you want to play good football throughout the year. Well, and last year is a perfect example. By the time yeah, you got to week position. 14, 15, yeah. you were having to sign guys off the street like Trayvon Mullen and Xavier Woods just to get you to the playoffs. Hopefully that's not the case for the Cowboys this year. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Lothon Cowboys your first listen of the day. Again, we're going to be off for the fourth. Uh, so we're going to enjoy the holiday. We'll be back on Wednesday with more Lothon Cowboys content. Uh, we are free and available on all platforms. Check out the show on YouTube. Follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we'll see you next time.